0: Y'all, happy Easter. What a privilege that it is today to be here with you. We are celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ today, and we are celebrating that because of that, we have the gospel. We have the gospel. And what the gospel is, is that God loves us, y'all. God loves us so much that even though he created us, And we turned from him and we went our own way and we rebelled against him. He looked upon us and said, I want these people in my family. I want these people to be my children. I want them to know my love. I want them to have a relationship with me. And so even though our sinfulness, us turning away from him, deserved punishment for the wages of sin is death, he sent his son Jesus to take the death that we deserved after living the life that we could not live And then he rose again from the grave, overcoming death, overcoming sin, to offer that those that put their trust in him, that we can have a relationship with God, forgiveness for our sins, and eternal life. Y'all, we are celebrating what Jesus did today. This is exciting and it's a privilege to be here. Um, A simpler way of putting the gospel is what is in your bulletin today. Uh, So this letter that we see here, so if you have your Bibles with you, you can open up to 1 Corinthians 15. Um, We're going to be in there and talking a little bit about what Paul says there, so we're going to be kind of jumping all around that chapter. Chapter is very long, but very, very incredible. Uh, And so your bulletin puts the gospel very simply. This is Paul talking to the church of Corinth, reminding them of the incredible incredible truth of the gospel, and he says, I deliver to you as of first importance what I also received that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that he was buried and he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, and he goes on and he lists multiple people, including 500 people that saw the resurrected Christ. Now the reason Paul includes that in this letter, the reason that he says, hey, he appeared to this person, he appeared to this person, he appeared to these 500 people, and he also appeared to me, the reason that he did that is because Paul is saying to the church in Corinth, because there were a couple people there that didn't necessarily believe that Jesus rose from the grave. They didn't necessarily believe in the resurrection of the dead. What Paul was saying to them is that, listen, go go talk to them. He says in the text, some of them are still alive. Go talk to these people. They saw the resurrected Christ. They saw the Christ that, that, that died and came back. And that is incredible because this tells us that the Christian faith is an informed faith. It is an informed faith faith. This is not a faith based on wishful thinking. This is not a faith based on, man, I really hope that this is true. It'd be really nice if this was true. This is a faith that is based on a historical reality. A historical reality. And so our faith is an informed faith. We're not afraid of questions. We're not afraid of doubts because there are answers. And so Paul as, as the person who, who first said this, he kind of was the def, early defender of the faith. He was saying, hey, go talk to these people. They saw the resurrected Christ. And so during biblical times, there were people that defended the faith, that defended the historical accuracy of it. And there are still people that do that today. Um, if you are interested in this, if, you're, if you want to know about uh, the, the reality of the resurrection, whether it actually was a historical fact, whether this did actually happen, um, there's incredible resources that I could point you to. One I would highly recommend, though, is by a man named Dr. Gary Habermas. Uh, he's actually a teacher at the place that I went to seminary, and I got to take a class with him. It was a privilege to be under him. Uh, but he is actually the leading expert on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He's the leading scholar on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, If you've ever seen the Case for Christ movie or read that book, he was actually interviewed by Lee Strobel. For those of you that don't know what the Case for Christ is, that was by a man named Lee Strobel, whose wife came to faith in Jesus, and he's like, I'm not buying it. And so he's an investigative journalist. He looks into it and covers the facts, and because the evidence was so overwhelming, he ended up becoming a Christian himself. And so he in, interviews Dr. Gary Habermas in this. And Dr. Gary Habermas has this really incredible argument for the histor- historical reality of the resurrection called the minimal facts argument. And so then what the minimal facts argument is, is basically he takes these, these certain, the, I think four or five, uh, well, there's four and there's five facts uh, that the vast majority of scholars say are true. Even the most liberal of scholars have to concede that, like, you know what, these, these facts are true. We will admit that. Um, The vast majority of them believe that. And basically, he puts those forth to show that the resurrection did, in fact, happen, that it's a historical reality. And so this is incredible for the Christian. This is incredible for us because we know that our faith is not based uh, on wishful thinking. Our faith is not based on a fairy tale, but on a historical reality. And so if you want more information about Dr. Gary Habermas, the minimal facts argument, it really is incredible. I'd love to talk to you after the service and point you towards those resources. It really is incredible. Um, If you don't want to read a book, watch the movie. I'm sure it's in the movie. Um, But yeah, so today, uh, what we are doing... So Paul today and, and Christians today on Easter, we make a huge deal about the resurrection. We make a big, big deal about the resurrection. You know, we dress up nice. We come here. We sing songs about the resurrected Jesus. Uh, and if you're here today and wondering why the resurrection is such a big deal, why, why I would spend time in my sermon to point to the historical reality of it, uh, look no further than later on in this chapter, Paul explains why the resurrection, the reality of the resurrection, is so important to the Christian faith. What Paul says in verse 14, it says, If Christ has not been raised, so he's saying if this is not true, if this is not a historical reality, then our preaching, what I'm doing, is in vain and your faith is in vain. We're even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise, if it's true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ, so those who have passed away, have perished. They have no hope. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people the most to be pitied. Paul can be pretty complicated. And Paul can take a lot of words to say a, a pretty simple point. And the point that he is trying to make here in this chapter, in these verses, is that the resurrection is the foundation of the Christian faith. The reality of the resurrection is the foundation of the Christian faith. He's saying if this did not happen, then we've got no faith. And Christianity is hopeless, uh, and, and we're just another religion talking about fairy tales. And so if this did not happen, you're still in your sins, there's just no reality, it's really, really bad for the Christian faith that this did not happen. But it did. And it is a historical reality. And there's incredible evidence to back it up. And that is why today we celebrate. That is why today we get together and we sing songs to a God that is real and a God that loves us so much that he sent his son to die for us. And that son is, it's a historical reality that he came back. And that gives us hope, not only for this life, but for the life that is to come. And so the reason uh, the resurrection is the foundation of the Christian faith is because it takes such beautiful truths, such beautiful things, things that, that if maybe if you're not a Christian, I, I'd imagine that deep down in your heart you hope to be true. Things that all of our hearts want, takes such beautiful things and, and, and makes them a reality. So the fact that Jesus came back from the grave, there are incredible truths, incredible things that all of our hearts want, and he makes it a reality because he came back from the grave. And so today, I want to take a few moments to highlight these truths. And so if you're a Christian today, uh, and you have placed your faith in Christ, if you have turned from your sins and says, man, I want salvation, I want eternal life, I want forgiveness for my sins, then these truths that I'm about to go over are true for you today. And I encourage you to celebrate with me, to worship with me of a God that is so good that he sent his son Jesus to make these truths a reality. And if you are here today and you're, you're not a Christian, you haven't placed your trust in Christ, first off, thank you for coming. You, y'all could have been anywhere today. Uh, I, there's a thing called a bed at your house that you could be sleeping in right now. Uh, but you chose to be here today and we really value that and we're really grateful for that. So thank you so much for being here. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. These truths that we are about to go over, I really encourage you to think about. Because what this is, is the reality that God offers to you. This could be true for you if you decide today or soon to place your faith in Christ. This is a reality that could be yours. This is a reality that is offered to you today. And so I really encourage you to think about these things. This is the reason why we celebrate, the reason why we sing songs, and probably the reason your mom forced you to come today. (laughs) Because she cares about your soul and she wants you to know that God loves you. And so I've got three truths for us today that I want to go over very briefly And the first one is that the reality of the resurrection, the fact that Jesus came back, secures for us, those that put their trust in Christ, secures for us that you are loved forever. If you have placed your trust in Christ, you live in the reality that you are loved forever by the God of the universe. It is love. Love is the reason God sent his son Jesus to the cross. And love is what Christ secured for us when he rose from the grave. There's an incredible, incredible verse in Romans 8, also by the Apostle Paul, where he says, I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation. Again, Paul is very wordy. None of these things will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. That is incredible. That is amazing. This is something that all of our hearts want. That man, if you don't believe this, I'm sure deep down you want this to be true. The fact that God loved you so much and you will be loved forever. Now my fellows in the room, my men in the room, I know a lot of us, you know, we're probably, you know, doing curls, you know, making our biceps, doing, doing our bench press, and we're like, all right, Sean, that's great, your love forever, that's really cool, It might be nice for my wife, that might be nice for my sister, but us men, we're not really looking for love, we don't really need that whole ooey-gooey, mushy stuff, we're, we're, not, we're not really a big fan of that, and I get that, I understand that, I'm a man, I, I feel that way sometimes as well. And so I want you to understand that what the reality of the resurrection also means for you. This means for ladies as well, but it might mean more for the men. This means that in Christ, you are good enough before God. In Christ, you have approval before God. And you have what it takes to do what he has called you to do. I've been alive long enough as a man to know that one of the deepest wounds that the enemy sends to the soul of a man is that you're not good enough and that you don't have what it takes. We are terrified of this. And you see this everywhere, whether we admit it or not. In fact, uh, the great theologian Post Malone. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know who Post Malone is. I, I'm, I uh, work with the youth, so I'm pretty hip and cool. You know, they'll, they'll tell you that. Uh, honestly, I'm more of a fan of his, his earlier work, his pre-Malone days, but post-Malone's fine. Um, so he has a song, it's called I Fall Apart, and basically what it's about is, 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 is his girl broke up with him, I think, and hurt him pretty bad, and so he's, he's pretty hurt. Uh, and you can tell that in the song, and he sings about it, and you're, like, you're listening to it, and you're like, post, I'm so sorry, man, who hurt you? We gotta talk to this girl. And so he's really hurt, and one of the first things that he says is that she told me that I'm not enough. She told me that I'm not enough. Guys, that's, that's one of the deepest things. And, and, and ladies, you know, if this hurts you too, that's okay. You know, there's, you know that, 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 that's fine for everyone. But I know for men, that wound gets inflicted on an early age and we spend a lot of our lives believing it. In fact, many, many men that I know are living their lives just because they want to hear their dad say they're proud of them. And so they're trying so hard, everything that they do in their life is to try to get that from their father. And truly, I believe that ultimately what you're searching for there is approval from God. And that is what Christ gives you. Because of his work, not because of anything you've done, he gives you approval before the father. And he also gives you the strength and the gifts and what it takes to do what he's called you to do. And that is pretty incredible. You know, for the man in the room... Again, I understand you may want to hear from your father that he's proud of you, but I think truly what our souls desire, I think everyone's souls desire, is to hear from our creator God, well done, my good and faithful servant. You've done well with what I've given you. And in Christ, that's what he gives you. Second truth that the reality of the resurrection uh, gives us and secures for us, for the Christian, for those that put their trust in Christ, the reality of the resurrection means that you are made new. The reality of the resurrection means that you are forgiven. If you're a Christian, well actually, Paul writes in this chapter later on, he says, actually pretty early on in this chapter and and right after what we read in our bulletin today, he says, I am the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. And so basically what he's saying, he's like, this is who I was. I'm not worthy to be called an apostle. I am an apostle. I'm not worthy because of this is what I've done. This is my past. This is who I was before Christ. But then he continues and he says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. By the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. If you're a Christian here today, especially if you've been a Christian for a while, I encourage you to take a moment to think about who you would be if Jesus had never entered your life. Take a moment to think about who you would be if the love of God did not enter into your life in the form of Jesus. That will lead you to great gratitude before our Father. I was listening to this really incredible song this morning. And I was crying a little bit. It's fine. Um, But I was listening to this really incredible song this morning. And one of the lines really, really gets me. Uh, What the singer says is that I am proof that God delights in second chances. And for the Christian, we know that that's true for us. We are proof that God delights in second chances and third chances and fourth chances. He loves his chances. So Paul writes later in this chapter, he says, If Christ has not been raised, as we read earlier, your faith is futile and you're still in your sins. And what this means, since we know that the resurrection is a historical reality and this did in fact happen, then this means that we are not in our sins. What this means is that you are forgiven. I talked about this at Christmas. I believe that all of humanity kind of walks around with this deep shame Uh, that we experience, this deep shame that we don't know what to do with. And I think even the secular reality understands this and sees this. In fact, I just saw that there's a Brene Brown thing that just came out on Netflix which talks about shame. And so everyone, shame is a universal experience. And I believe that that's there because we all believe deep down in our hearts that there's this standard that we are just not reaching. That there's this standard that we are just not reaching. But the beauty of the gospel is that Jesus came and he met that standard for us. And that the fact that he died and came back from the grave is that we put our faith in him, that we are forgiven for not reaching that standard. And so practically for Christians, this means that we can stop reminding ourselves of all of our failures, which is something that I think a lot of us get in the very bad habit of doing. We are constantly reminding ourselves of the ways that we fall short and the ways that we make mistakes. Forgiveness from God means that we don't have to do that anymore. There was an incredible quote Uh, By a man named Bob Goff, who I love actually quoting whenever I preach, Uh, he he says because he's so practical. He says we spend a lot of time remembering failures that God spent a lot of love saying we could forget. We spend a lot of time remembering failures God spent a lot of love saying that we could we could forget. And if you are in Christ, if you put your faith in Christ, your sins are forgiven before you got saved and after you got saved. Jesus knew everything that you would do and he still went to the cross. So your sins are forgiven. They're cast as far as the east is from the west and and God says that he remembers your sins no more. And the incredible reality that we live in is that for those who put their faith in God, they begin the process of God molding them into who they were created to be. So Philippians, again, another verse from Paul says that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion on the day of Jesus Christ. The Christian has the privilege of saying they can look at their past and say, or they can look at the future and they can look at who they are and say, you know what, I'm not who I need to be yet. But they can look at their past and say, but by the grace of God, I'm not who I used to be. And that is something to be celebrated. Final truth, though there are many truths that we're only scratching the surface today, the final truth that the reality of the resurrection secures for us is that this means that your life has purpose. If you have put your trust in Christ, if you have have a relationship with God, your life has purpose that can never be taken away from you. At the end of this chapter, Paul, after explaining that the resurrection is a reality, states that to the church of Corinth, he says, My beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord, your labor is not in vain. In the Lord, your labor is not in vain. This means that what you do matters. It is seen by God. It is viewed by God. and, And at the end of your life, you stand before God. And you look at what you did with your life, and that can scare some. But for those who are in Christ, again, what you do matters, and what you do is used for the kingdom of God. Paul agree. uh, Well, a prevailing worldview today, um, unfortunately, in our culture, is that life is meaningless. It's very prevalent that that just there is no God, there is no you know reality like of the resurrection. There is no God. There is no miracles. There is nothing like that. And so, therefore, what follows from that is that life is meaningless. Life is meaningless, and, and we should just kind of make the best of it, and, and we're just here by random chance. And Paul, in fact, agrees with this. Uh, he says that if the dead are not raised, then I guess we should just eat and drink for tomorrow, we, for tomorrow we die. Basically says if there is no God, if there is no resurrection, if Jesus hasn't been raised, then yeah, we really shouldn't worry about uh, the eternity. We really shouldn't worry about any reality behind this reality because all we have to, uh, there's nothing to answer to. Pastor Tim Keller, who I love a lot, uh, sums this up really well. He sums the prevailing worldview in today up very well. He says, everyone wants to be successful rather than forgotten. Everyone wants to make a difference in life, but that's beyond the control of any of us. If this life is all there is, and so if the prevailing worldview today is true, then everything eventually will be burnt burnt up in the death of the sun." And no one will be around to remember anything that has ever happened. Everyone will be forgotten. Nothing we do will make any difference. And all good endeavors, even the best, will come to naught. So, this kind of sums up the prevailing worldview today. And and I really encourage you that if you're not a Christian today, really think through your reality. What do you believe? Um, Because what this means, you know, we try to romance this up and say, all right, life is meaningless, but I guess that kind of means that you can make your own meaning. And so, that's fun, that's kind of nice. But ultimately, you know that even the meaning you create for yourself will go away when you pass away. And what this says is that, you know, if if there is no God, if there is no reality like this, then we can be, we can live however we want because then there's no consequences. So you could be the greatest person ever or you could be the worst person ever and it doesn't really matter because you might be uh, remembered for a little bit, but if there is no God and everything explodes, then you won't be remembered at all. Nothing you do will be remembered. But the resurrection, the historical reality of the resurrection, shows that this is not true. And so Pastor Tim Keller continues and he says, okay, man, if the prevailing worldview in our culture is true, then then nothing we do matters. Nothing that we do good matters. Nothing that we do bad matters. Everything is just going to explode in the death of the sun. But he says, unless there is God, if the God of the Bible exists and there's a true reality beneath and behind this one, and this life is not the only life, then every good endeavor, even the simplest ones, pursued in response to God's calling can matter forever. Every good endeavor, even the simplest ones, pursued in response to God's calling can matter forever. That is good news. And that truly is, I believe, what our hearts desire. Everyone wants to live forever. Everyone wants immortality. Everyone wants what they do to matter. And in Christ, that is a reality. Now, there are many more truths that I could go over that the reality of the resurrection brings, uh, but I'm sure you have lunch plans and places to go. So I'm going to respect that. I understand that. I want lunch as well. But what this means is that the reality of the resurrection can dramatically change your life. So this dramatically changes the Christian's life because you know you're loved, you know you're made new, you know you're forgiven, and you know that what you do matters. This changes your life dramatically. And if you're not a Christian, this is the reality that God offers to you. This reality could change yours. Because if this is true, if Jesus did in fact come back from the grave and there is a God, then no matter what we believe, no matter what we say, no matter what we may think, we will all stand before God one day. It doesn't matter our feelings towards him. It doesn't matter what we think about him. It doesn't matter, any of that matters one day we will close our eyes and open them and stand before the God of the universe and give an account of our life. And this can go one of two ways. Either we decided to reject what God offered us in Christ. We decided to reject and say, you know what? I was in rebellion against God and I wanted to continue in that. I didn't want to believe you existed. I was upset with you and so I just pushed you away. And if that is the decision that we made, then we will stand before God And he will send us to hell, which is eternal separation from him. And ladies and gentlemen, in that moment, your soul will experience the greatest loss that you will ever know. But if you have made a decision in this life to put your faith in Christ, to put your faith in what Jesus did, then that means you will go on to eternal life with God in heaven where there's no more pain, no more suffering, no more sorrow, and your soul will experience the greatest homecoming that it will ever know. There's a really incredible scene uh, in the final um, in the final books. Uh, see, you know, the students know that I'm a huge C.S. Lewis fan. Um, but in the final book of the Narnia series, uh, they enter into paradise. They enter into the new heaven. They enter into the new earth. And one of the characters gives this incredible line where he says, "I have come home at last." This is what I was made for. This is what I was searching for, though I didn't fully understand. I am finally home. Let us run further up and further in. Guys, eternity with God in the new heaven and the new earth, eternity with God with him, where we experience a love relationship with the Father for the rest of our lives is what our souls were made for and what our souls are constantly searching for in this life. And again, is what is offered you today. And so if you are are, are not a Christian today, um, if you have not made an informed decision about Jesus Christ, I really urge you to make an informed decision about Jesus and what happened and what we celebrate on this day. I urge you to make an informed decision because you need to understand what hangs in the balance. I say informed because I think a lot of us, and I include myself in this, a lot of us make decisions or make promises to ourselves based off of emotions or experiences that we've had. So rather than thinking deeply about things and deeply about the choices that we make, a lot of times, and again, I'm including myself in this, we make decisions based on experiences that we've had or emotions that we have. Um, So maybe you're here today and you've had a bad experience with church. Maybe you were hurt by someone. Maybe you were hurt by someone that said that they were a Christian, or maybe you were hurt by just the church in general. Um, and I don't want to invalidate that. That that probably happened. And honestly, on, on behalf of them, I apologize. Um, I wish I could say that Christians will never hurt you, but our doctrine states that we're kind of the worst. Um, we are sinners. And the only difference that makes us between everyone else is that we are saved by the grace of God. And so we're trying to become more like Christ, but there's many ways that we fail at that. And so we're going to fail you. And so maybe that's been your experience. Um, if it do, I, I encourage you to think about this. I, this. This might be a silly illustration, but I think it kind of gets the point across. Um, I remember that when I was in high school, the end of, end of my high school career, my girlfriend broke up with me. And I was devastated, you know? It was awful. I couldn't listen to Coldplay for months. I just, you know, my heart was broken. Uh, and I remember during that time, I actually got into some, some music, you know, that was really angry music. And they were angry at their ex-girlfriends. It was like, yeah, like, you know, you hurt me. Ah. And I remember one song that I loved listening to uh, said in the bridge of the song, it said, you know, you've hurt me and never again am I going to let someone in. Like, I'm done. Never again am I going to let someone into my heart. You've hurt me so much that I'm, I'm done with love. I'm done. And so when I was in the emotions of that, I was like, yeah, this is true. Like, I'm, I'm done with love. I'm never going to date again. This is Sean. <laughs> I do a pretty good impression of myself. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and so and, and even when I said that to myself, there was another part of my heart that's like, Sean, you know that's not true. Like, you know that's not a reality. Yes, that's what you're feeling right now. But Sean, you want romantic love. Y- even though hurt comes along with it, you want romantic love because it's worth having. And so since then, I've actually dated a few people and I've gotten hurt even more. I'm a sucker for pain. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure many of you guys have experienced that as well. Um, but here I stand before you with, with full intentions of like, I, I plan on dating again. And I plan on getting hurt again. Aww. It's pretty well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You know, Rose, you're awesome. I appreciate that. But that's the reality. To love is to be vulnerable. If you love someone, you're, it opens up to the possibility of getting hurt. You know, if you're married here today, you've definitely been hurt by your spouse. I promise you that. But that's where forgiveness and grace and beauty comes in. And so I, I, I want romantic love because I believe that it's worth it. I also plan on having children, even though I know, not from experience. <laughs> <laughs> I know, not from ex- thanks, Mom. Um, I know, not from experience, but I know because I've seen it, that children can hurt you. A- Amen, parents. <laughs> children can do stuff that hurts you, but I think all of us would agree that they're worth having. You may not think that right now. <laughs> but later on, you're going to have a great time, and, and, and you're going to realize that they're worth having. And so what I'm trying to communicate to you today is that making an informed decision about Christ, going through the ringer to, get, to seek a relationship with God, to find out whether all this stuff is true, is, is worth doing. Getting plugged into a church, no matter how messy it is, is worth doing. You're probably going to get hurt again. But it's so worth it. Just like romantic love and just like having children, and just like so many other things in this life that often cause us pain. You know, if you are also here, and and maybe something in the Bible upsets you, maybe something in the Bible offends you. If you're here and that's you today, it's like, man, I really don't like his, I really don't like God's sexual ethic, or I really don't like what God did in in, in the Old Testament. I really don't like what's written there. Listen, I, I get that and I understand that. One thing that I encourage you to do is to view God as a parent. You know, God calls us his father. And think about your own parents. Uh, if they ever had a rule or if they ever did something that, was, that upset you, did you respond and say, you know what, I don't believe in you anymore, get out of here. Like, did you, did, no, that's not how you would respond. If your parent had a rule that you didn't understand, if your parent did something that you didn't like, you would talk to them about it. Things might get heated, you know, there, there might be some screaming, there might be some yelling, but you would talk to them about it and you would get to the bottom of it. Guys, you can do that with God. God can take your questions. God can take your wrestling. He's pretty big. And so I encourage you that if, if that's the, the barrier that's keeping you back today, I would encourage you to, to, to step into a relationship with God and really wrestle with Him and try to get to the bottom of those things. In closing, um, I understand that, that today's Easter and we have a lot of people here that may not normally be here. And again, so grateful you are here and so grateful that you've made the decision to come. At the end of the service, after uh, you know, we close in prayer and everything, we're gonna have some people standing at the front of uh, the stage here. And they're here to talk. And so if you wanna make a decision to follow Jesus, if you wanna make a decision to trust in the gospel, then we wanna do that for you today. We wanna walk you through that today. If you have questions, if you just you know, have something that's bugging you about Christianity, something that's bugging you about God, we're also here for that. If you want prayer or if you just wanna talk, we are down here at the bottom because we want to minister to you today. And listen, if some of your questions, you know, they, they, they are a larger conversation that we need to have, I would love to go to coffee with you. I love me some warm beverages. I promise you, I promise you I don't bite. I'm housebroken. Everything's great. I would love to go out and have some good conversations. And so we have that offered to you today at the end of this service, and I encourage you to take advantage of it because again, making an informed decision about Christ is worth doing not only because of the reality that's offered to you, but because having a loving relationship with Christ, being a part of the family of Christ, is truly incredible. So I'm going to pray for us, and the band can take it away. Um, And again, thank you so much for listening today. Really appreciate it. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we love you, and we are so grateful for these truths. We're grateful for the reality of the resurrection. We're grateful for everything that that means because of us. And we also thank you that, Lord, we did not even scratch the surface today of what this means for us. Um, that there is an ocean of truth, an ocean of love that we can pursue uh, in coming to a relationship with you. So I pray for the people today that they they really think about. We really think about uh, what it means to be a follower of Christ. What it means. Uh, that this reality that God offers to us. And I just pray um, that you bless us and give us an incredible rest of the day. In Christ's name I pray, amen.